The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So, you know how microphones work. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of talking to the top part. Yeah. Go ahead. Hello. What's cracking? Perfect. It's like right at the, you're not peaking and it's, it sounds good. All right. Got to have the soothing voice for the, for the thotties, bro. You know? You know that hoe over there? Today on NPR, we'll be speaking to Stephen Kennedy. What's cracking? What is cracking? It's <laughs> Stephen Kennedy. <laughs> Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked. I'm your host, Landon Charles Hughes, and on today's episode, homeostasis. Today's guest is Stephen Kennedy, and ending with advancement. Homeostasis. A homeostasis is any self-regulating process by which biological systems tend to maintain stability while adjusting to conditions that are optimal for survival. When I first got to LA, ooh, ooh, I partied. Ooh, I partied. I didn't even realize that that kind of partying was part, like a part, that wasn't, didn't you, what, what party has ever been that crazy? I didn't know, I had no idea you get sucked into it and you think you're just experiencing this whole new thing that, and you are, individually, sure, but this story has been told, Bubba. Have I found homeostasis in my professional career? I don't think yet, but it's getting there. And it was, it's been a long road to get to where I am now, but looking back, wow. I can't believe I'm not more self-absorbed. I say self-absorbed because I'm working more on my stuff than I have been hanging with friends and getting back to people. I have a lot of things I want to get done and to me I feel I never have, I won't ever have enough time to do everything I want. Um, because I am a disabled uh, Iraq veteran and one of the disabilities that I claim is chronic obstruction pulmonary disease. See, COPD. It's usually an old person's disease, you know, like a like a 60-year-old man smoking all his life kind of disease. But I was diagnosed at the age of 23 following my tour in Iraq. Some people say uh, it was the cigarettes we smoked over there. Others believe the reason a lot of us came back with terrible lung diseases was because of the burn pits. Large trash burning pits. Anything from computers, hardware, papers, spray cans, cleaning solvents, uh, shit. Literal poopy. Feces. I guess that's the proper term. And so I was uh, around those areas quite a bit because when I was there in like 2004, they were still building up, you know, more hardened walled facilities rather than we were living in tents, you know, but they had air conditioning. So like, you know, <laughs> balance it out, homeostasis, you know, <laughs> my time is precious to me and I don't want to be seen as someone who is self-absorbed. I just don't have time to explain myself to every person that 
I may not be on this planet as long as my generational counterpart because of the facts of my life and what I've, you know, what has come up. So, you know, and I don't want to be seen as someone who's self-absorbed because all I want to do is work. It's, it's just my time to do that. just going to do me. Today's guest is Stephen Kennedy. Stephen and I have been friends uh, since film school. We went to the Los Angeles Film School together and graduated in 2013. Since then, we've been working on a couple of projects together here and there, small stuff, working some writing out. He's working on a skateboard documentary uh, that I've been so intrigued about, and I've just been trying to give him like all the equipment I could possibly get my hands on to get this thing shot. He was also the DP on my thesis film. He did the scenes in that film uh, the zombie scene and the detective scene. He's also been helping me get my life together at my apartment. I didn't realize how handy he was. Uh, he helped me build a door and paint it and, and drywalling and shelf building and all the ings. He's been there for me and it's a, such a fucking pleasure to have him on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stephen Kennedy. I used to have a show in, um, in high school and... It was like when I first got like exposed to like film on a legitimate base. Like my high school had this uh, TV production class, and uh, like I got into it, and they let us have like a TV show, like a public access channel uh-huh. for the, the, that the school um, owned. For you can only see the stuff like if you lived in the school district, but right? It was like their little channel, and uh, so I had a, a TV show on there once a week. It was like. Kind of like Sports Center, uh-huh. and I called it "What's Good." <laughs> nice. And that was the name of the show. And like the sign was like, you know how Jay Z does like the thing with his hands, like the like, like the Illuminati yeah, triangle, the, yeah, yeah. Like the little Illuminati <laughs> triangle. So um, I just took a picture of my hands doing that, and like they had like the green screen, so I like glow, put the on the green screen. It was like some clouds and like my hands doing. Everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then I would always change like still the like an artist. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> so I'd always like switch the background. So sometimes like clouds or like like a city streets or like you know just something random like you know something I would pick. That's so crazy. My twelfth grade, my second twelfth grade year, um, I was in a TV production class and uh, I got to do the news and they had me as the weather guy for the while and then they had me. I did the desk once. That was the first time I ever bombed in any sort of performance in public. Why would happen? I was so nervous. I I couldn't read. Like, it just looked like they put the kid up who couldn't read to read the news. Like it was like, the, and then I, they never let me back up. But, the, but I got to do the weather because I was, I was good at that. I was able to, like, move and, like, point at stuff. and ha- But that's reading cool. the teleprompter, didn't have it. But, so, yeah, so I started out in high school with TV production. What if, like, the weather person on all, like, the people, like, we watch on TV, what if, like, the weather person is, like, the one they're just, like, look, um... We're not giving you the desk. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you can point at the fucking green screen, and that's it. Oh, TV production class. That's so funny we both started there. You want to light the next one? Oh, yeah, that's down. But, yeah, like... Um, that Good was like, role, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. No, I got made I, I fun of the, by I got made fun of by improvisers the other day for rolling a weak joint because it was oh, like the fat in the middle and then the two ends were. Oh, right. you don't have no tux landing? That sucks. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get your tux together. But see, this was just a cone, like so I just stuffed it in there. You know what I mean? Like you get the little 
cones, but is the the paper shaped as a cone? Yeah, like it comes like that already. Oh, nice. Like that's how they make the pre rolls. You know, they just like get the uh, cones and just stuff the shit in there. You know. Steven, what do you do? Oh, um, so I skate. Um, I try to make movies whenever I can, and I have this day job at uh, this place in Glendale. I probably not shouldn't say their name. I don't like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks working there. Oh. But yeah, that's cool. They pay me, but whatever. It's the job. Yeah. It's that's what I told everybody. It's like if you're gonna do any of this, all you have to do is sustain. Doesn't matter. And I just re I, I don't know. I kind of needed to be in LA to understand some other questions I had. But if you just want to do art, you don't have to be in any big metropolis. You just sustain your life and do it on your off time. Like it's all of it. unless somebody's paying you millions of I dollars. Mean, yeah, that's cool, but like I've started to feel more and more like I need to do more and more of my art because like eventually I'm going to have to sustain my foot in someone's ass working <laughs> at this place. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to do that. My foot up your ass. Yeah. Um, that's why I left my last big job. It's like, not cool. Working sucks, man. It's, it's, it's not the job that I was, because I liked it. It was. I thought it was helping somebody. I thought I was doing something bigger than myself, and it wasn't. It was helping a select few people get ahead, in a sense. It wasn't helping like a large majority of people getting ahead. Uh, See, that's why like jobs don't work out for me too long. Like, there's a period of time where it'll work out, but after a while, it just kind of like fades out because I go into working with the mindset like, yeah, I'm gonna come work here. I'm gonna make these this money, work these hours for you, but like. You know, the, at the first sign of having to do something for myself, I'm going to go do it without giving any fucks about. Have they ever this taken job. advantage of you, like your time? Well, or is it pretty straightforward? You go and work and leave. Well, at first, um, when I was working, like there was like a different department or whatever, and like they kind of used to, I don't want to say intimidate, but they'd kind of like pressure you into like doing overtime. And it's like, dude, you know, there's no law against like I can like leave right now and there's nothing you could do. Like, you know what I mean? But then now you're not a team player and now you're yeah. not yeah. Oh fuck those guys. You know? Who it cares? sucks, yeah. yeah. But that's every fucking job that I've had. That's why, you know, I encourage everybody to like find something you like doing and do that shit for yourself, yo, because working for someone else, you're never gonna be happy, you know. At least not me, or type of person that I am. I would never be happy. Working I think for it's a personality else. trait because I can see myself if I didn't have this bug in me right now for all this creativity, I could be totally be content working in a desk again. I, I mean, it's easy. No. It really is easy for me. Like you just go in, type the data. You need me to stay a couple hours. I'll type more data, and then I leave and go to Chili's and have some drinks. I don't know. I like. <laughs> I, I can see how that's a pretty jive life. You know what I mean? But right now, I like, have so much. If there, what you just described, if there is a hell, that's where <laughs> I would go. Is what you just described? You know, that sounds your, terrible. My heaven is your hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that just sounds terrible. Like, no, it is the worst thing. Um. <laughs> I just, um, you get used to it and you think that's the only way though. But see, that's just the thing is getting used to it. Like, how can you get used to something like that? You know, like, how could you not want to go and, you know, try new things or just do different stuff that you haven't done before? You know, that's just like me. My goal is to like find stuff that I haven't done and just go and like, see what's up. You know, like, how can I ever know? Like, or talk shit about it or talk about how cool it is or unless I know for myself, you know? Got to be from experience. Yeah. 
Because you can't really talk about something that you haven't truly experienced. I mean, you can, but now you're just talking shit. And bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you're assuming, right? Yeah. You, you can. You can say a lot of stuff. But unless you like really know, then yeah, you're just talking shit. Time for the second joint. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the second joint. The second joint. <laughs> That's the new of the podcast. That could be cool. The second joint. <laughs> Oh. Once we get kicked off the air for this one, every time I start a podcast with a like, I tell somebody, "Hey, come do the, my show with me." They're always like, "We get done, like we should do our own show together." Like, why are we? <laughs> James and I—that's why James came on for the second time because he had such a good time. He was like, "Why don't we go see a movie and like uh, rate it?" And I was like, "Okay." We went and saw Hardcore Henry, and then we did a, the podcast about it. And yeah, I need to go check that out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep. I, I'm sorry. He, Stephen was the person who told me about the movie, and then I went behind his back and fucking watched it with another friend. Shady. Uh, sh- fucking side eye so I'm getting so right so. now. <laughs> um, what's your spots so, in L.A. then? What, uh, do, what do you mean spots? Like, like where do you, where, where do I kick it? If I'm if I am gonna go out, mm-hmm. I don't really go out too much. But if I am, I'll probably go to like. Black in Hollywood. That's like the skate bar. What's it called? It's just called Black. You know, it's on. Um, Take me. I think Gower and Sunset. I don't know. It's on Sunset though, like right there by Vine. Ooh, it's but by it, um, Siren Studios. Yeah, it's yeah, right yeah, down yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and then uh, Good Luck Bar is pretty cool. I like Good Luck Bar too. Yeah. Yeah, Good Luck Bar is kind of chill. They got the like, the last time I was there, they had like a whole like Chinese thing going on. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tight. Um, have you been to Tiki Tea on Sunset? No. It's the, it used to be, I think they ended it, but it was one of the last, I think it is, it was the last place that legally was allowed, allowing people to smoke indoors while they drank. Oh, I would have been in there smoking all <laughs> kush, bro. Fat split. Is that gonna? What happens if that starts to come about? Do you think people smoking are, weed in the bar? Yeah. Oh man, you'd probably see me out a lot more. <laughs> you were. Uh, well, I mean, I just—it's just because like I just really don't like to drink too much. So like I do, you know, I'll drink, you know, have a drink or something. But like I don't like to do it like very often. You know what I mean? So I feel like when I go out, it's kind of like a subconscious pressure to drink. So I just don't go out, you know, that's what I was. T- I didn't want to drink the other night and Dimitri was out and about with his friends. And I felt bad. Cause I was like, I, I do want to hang out with you and, and Kevin, but I can't, I sit at a bar and not drink and just yeah. like watch everybody goof off. And I'm like, I'm not really, it's, I'm not in it. I'm not at that, that vibration. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially like if you're sober around a bunch of drunk people, that's like, I just get angry. I'm just like, you guys shut up. Like, no, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're drunk, motherfucker. Yeah, sit down, <laughs> finish your drink, and let's leave. Because like, I'm the DD, apparently. Yeah, you know? like It gets annoying. So I just don't, you know, I don't want to bum anyone out with, like, my vibes, or, and I don't want to get bummed out. You never out, bum but, anybody you know, out with your vibes. Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Steven, your asshole. vibes are just, oof. Well, I don't expect everybody to like me, you know what I mean? See, I do, and that's a problem. Well, no, I think that's like just a personality thing. Like, because me, like, I kind of just, I don't know, I hate to say it like this, but like public opinion, I really like can't care less. Like, it's not possible. I don't think physics would allow it. Like, <laughs> for what? For me to care any less <laughs> <laughs> about what anybody thinks about me or anything that I do. You know, like, 
It sounds like that sounds really lame to even say it like that, but I just kind of don't, you know. It's easy to say, but hard to do. You know what I mean? Well, for me, um, is why I think you feel like it. Like, like everything that everybody's arguing about online or something. Pick an issue. Um, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. You care about that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's this, what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, oh. like, you're still working this out. We're moving on. We. You have no idea what we have coming up in 2017, like releasing and dropping and like new music. And I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like a lot of people, like there's a lot of people worry about things that don't matter to them and don't worry about things that do or should matter to them. You know? What does that end up doing? What does that cause? What is that sort of? I don't know. Maybe some like bloated sense of self, maybe self-righteous self. I don't know. But I think it's stupid though, because like, a lot of people think about, like, worry about, oh, like, what are so and so going to think about me if I do this? And it's like something negative. Um, but why aren't they thinking about, you know, doing things like, I don't know, people worry about more negative things than positive things and more things about what people are going to say than, like, you know, how people are going to feel, I feel like, you know? I don't know if that makes a lot they're of sense. They're not thinking about what they're actually saying. Yes, a lot of more often than not, most people I know kind of just say stuff out of like impulse, and that's that happens. That's normal, I feel like. But um, you so, gotta be you gotta be careful. You know? mm-hmm. gotta be careful. Yeah, my big worry is not that I um, I'm not gonna say something awful or be something or say something that uh, might offend, but more or less um, like listening. I don't know if I'm always listening and being attentive and I'm scared that I might miss something. You know, in a sense, I might, I would turn out to be the bad guy because I wasn't paying attention or listening and I might miss something. Whereas uh, normally, no, I don't really speak ill about anything. And I actually do like force myself to think more positively all the time. Like take, like force myself to like, all right, you're going to drop that thought, Landon, because this is getting you nowhere and you got a podcast to do and you got to finish writing your next script and you got to like fucking baseball game tonight like what do you got you know you're busy you don't have time to dwell well see that is the first step because after a while of checking yourself like that and this can go for anybody like after a while of like consciously going out of your way to think properly and think more positively about your situation and focus more on the solution than the actual problem then uh after a while it'll just become natural and you won't even be thinking about it anymore you know and that's where like I'm trying to get to because yeah. you know there's a lot of times where like even now like there's times where I get caught up in like bummed out about stuff but you just gotta like kick kick that shit you know like that's all that's the only way literally like you just gotta like get over it like accept your issue and try and figure out how you're gonna fix it like you know or else it's just gonna stay as an issue. And I feel like the more steps you take to fixing it, those steps build up to hopefully one day solving the problem they always do like it's you know how people say oh you just got to chip away chip away chip away like that's really the truth Mm -hmm. because like you know if you it's all the little things add up to something big you know you just got like a sculptor analogy just came in my mind when you said that yeah exactly so like everything every little thing that you're doing like if you have some type of goal uh even if like People don't see it around you. Like all the little things add up, and more often, more often than not, people around you won't see it. But you got to kind of see it for yourself. And you know, 
Because if you just keep your keep your mind on what you're trying to do, yeah, because like, nobody's paying more attention to anybody else but themselves. Exactly. Like I saw something on Instagram. Uh, ironically enough, so I'm like, it's crazy how much profound shit comes out of Instagram. That's fucking hilarious. But so I saw something on Instagram, and uh, it said that people will see you walking on water, and they'll say it's because you don't know how to swim. You know, so you could be doing all this amazing stuff. And they'll say it's because you can't do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't worry about what people are thinking about you. Like I like brings me back to my point earlier. Like you gotta just do your thing, you know, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's like people will make fun of you if you make all these sacrifices to get to accomplish a goal, right? So while you're making these sacrifices, people will make fun of you. And then you accomplish the goal. Like, wow, you know, that's great. Good job. But had you not even tried to accomplish that goal, people would have made fun of you for that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can't get caught up with these people out here and what they think of you because you're fucked if you do it and you're fucked if you don't do it. My big problem in the beginning was parties. Like, <laughs> I was a big partier when I got out here. It's like, London! You know what I mean? And then you, you get addicted to that energy and that, like, constant go-go drink, that, that you know, and... No work gets done. You know what gets done? Your liver. <laughs> you know, I never thought about it like this, but when I was in high school, I used to do like all kind of drugs. Like I was just uh, super experimenting with almost anything. You know, I was square. So I was like, you know, I was getting it in. I'm, you know, this shit was crazy. So by the time I uh, decided I wanted to come out to LA and finish school and everything, like I had all that stuff out of my system. So like. I just was over like the whole like party scene and like getting drunk every weekend and like weekend. being stupid hungover all the time. What about Tuesdays? Yeah. <laughs> that was me for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to go, I had a friend that went to uh, Temple University and we used to party at her house all the time. And I would just go like, I would leave school, get on the train and go to Temple and like, you know, kick it, get turned real quick. And then like in the morning, like take the train to school again and just like, you know, not even sleeping or like, you know. You got it figured out. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> you it had a bad. system. I had a system. It was bad. You know. So like I think it was easier for me to excuse me. I think it was easier for me to like concentrate on what I came out here to do once I, you know. Mm-hmm. Once I had all that out of my system because I saw a lot of where a lot of my friends that I went to school with. Uh, that we went to school with, um, you you saw it like you know they started like you know doing drugs and falling off their shit you know and now where are they at you know it sucks but hopefully figuring it out I hope because there's yeah. a lot of talented artists that we went to yeah. school with I mean they're just characters that are popping in my mind and I'm like whoa if they just harness that energy and put it out in the world I would love to see the twins make a music video I would love to like there's so the many twins they're th- not even twins I know, I know. <laughs> the Barry twins yeah <laughs> We were such a. They're you could make a movie based twins. on our class. I swear to God, it was insane. It was so much fun. <laughs> and then we we're talking about going back for the BA. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to try that out. I think it would be cool. Ah, uh, yeah, I had a great. Yeah, I as as stressful as it was, it was. It, film school will put you through the ringer. Like you're you're getting checked. You got your ducks in a line because yeah. you, they better be because it's not easy making art. It's, yeah, you got to be the checker good art. and not the one getting checked. You know right. what I mean? And that only comes with, you know, caring about what you're doing and working 
hard, you know? We've been doing it. Steven, I just want to let you all know, Steven's the one that's been helping me with the shelves. He's helped me clear out the whole, and his mom helped me clear out the whole front oh, yard. Yeah. Um, it looks gorgeous now too. because of him. Um, he, dude, thank you. He did the drywall. He put in a door. He's, he's not a handyman. He's a filmmaker, but. <laughs> no, that's like, that was like one of the things I used to do before I moved out to L.A. I worked for this um, this country club doing maintenance, and there I met this guy named Ron. And he was a retired police officer, and he was retired from the military. Whoa. And uh, he worked as a, like a maintenance guy at this uh, country club, too. Thank you double for your service. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so he had this side business that he had for, for years, just doing like you know painting and like fixing people's houses and stuff. So uh, I worked for him on the side, and he like taught me a whole bunch of stuff how to like fix house rad you know what is his name again ron ron thank you ron and thank you for your services yeah ron's the man ron's the man that's gonna be a bumper sticker it's funny because like (laughs) he's like a he's a retired cop and you know he he told me a lot of ways to like you know kind of beat the legal system i'm sure it's pretty cool he gave me like a few courtesy cards too like if i ever get pulled over i just hand him the card it's a get out of jail free card (laughs) he gave me a bunch of them you know me and ron were really tight you know he was really cool and he was like an old timer cop too, so that's why like he had a lot of juice, like you know. So like, I'd give him the card, and someone would make that call, and they would really like just straight let me go. <laughs> 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 like he had some juice, like real juice, you know. And like it was cool. Like he never asked me about it. Like when he got it, like he knew he got a call for like you know, like he never asked me about it or anything. It was just like nothing never happened. It was just like cool. Like he was he was retired. He didn't give a shit, you know. So, Why aren't more people that thoughtful? I don't know. Ron, like, that was, like, a legit, like, a good a good guy. Like, he was, like, a good dude, you know? Well, you can't lump all these people into one idea of, you know what I mean? It's sorry. People are individuals. No matter what, you can't judge somebody based on one thing in their life. Yeah, that's a perfect I example. like Nintendo, so now PlayStation and Xbox people hate me. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, that's that's a thing. That's a thing. It's like you have Nintendo fanboys, right. and then you have like hardcore gamers, like that play Xbox and PlayStation. Like they're the ones that, like that are getting those big epic film like games. Where Nintendo, it's like a game board still. It's like it's sort of a throwback in itself. I mean, I just think those dudes need to like shut the fuck up. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know? If you I like liked- playing Game Boy, if you have original Game Boy with Tetris, have a blast, dude. You know, or uh, six yeah. golden coins, Mario's Mario Land, six golden coins. You know, that's people the don't know. <sighs> see. That's the thing. These Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation Three. How, is PlayStation Four right now? Yeah, and they are. I think st- shit is leaked about PlayStation Five. Wow. <laughs> see, okay. So these kids these days will never know about fucking NES. They don't even know. Ask a kid today what NES stands for. <laughs> you know uh. what I'm saying? Ask a kid. Natural yeah, like, environment system. Ask a kid, you know, about Sega Genesis. Like Sega! Like who how many people think to think about this to yourself? Have you played the original Mortal Kombat? You know, because I have. You know what I mean? Quick story. I can't believe I got a chance to tell this. Okay, so for my whole life I've been playing video games and whatnot. Mortal Kombat 2. I did play the first one on Sega Genesis. It was all right. I liked it. Sonya Blade kicked ass. I, that was my the girl. The second one was bomb. But the second one, 
there was an arcade uh, in a donut shop in a strip mall behind our house that I spent I don't know how many quarters just to play Mortal Kombat 2. And these two little Asian dudes who ran the store would sit there and laugh and watch. Every time I come in, buy a donut, play the Mortal Kombat 2 game. Buy a donut, play. And they would laugh. I actually found it. I didn't have any quarters, and I found a $2 bill. And I t- he goes, the guy goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I need all eight <laughs> need of those quarters, quarters, my guy. I am so good at Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> oh, love that game. Baraka is my character. Oh, and really? Noob Cybot. If you can get me a Noob Cybot character, I'll play him pretty rad too. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, yeah, I'm so glad I got to tell that story. I loved it. It was well, you know, I don't know. I just these kids that think that Star Fox is a character on Super Smash Brothers, they need to just stop. You know what I'm saying? They think you just blew my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like they just need to stop. Star Fox had his own game, and it was like one of the best games on N64 ever. So. You ever played the the Star Fox on the Super Nintendo? No. See? Kids today, right? Sometimes kids today and, you know, people from... Because I was born in 88, you know, so I lived through, like, the, you know, the late 80s and the 90s. I think it's crazy how, like, different the generations are. And I think one of the major differences... differences I'll just come right and say it. When I did something... Like, I got beat when I was a kid. Like, when I did something wrong, like, not like a spanking, like, you know what I'm saying? Like... Not like, oh, go to your room, Steven. Go get me like, the belt. Yeah, like the, the real, like the straight voice, like, go get me the belt. So now you have to walk into the room and find the own belt that you're about to get your ass beat with. <laughs> you have to find your own belt that you're going to get beat with. I had to say that twice. You know what I mean? Because think of how serious that is. Like, you have to find the own to shit. What, uh, to what, a nine or eight-year-old? Yeah. Go into my room. And get me the belt. And now you don't want, and what's going on in my mind is I don't want to get the, the belt that's oh, probably you know not going to hurt. Belt. Yeah, you, you know which belt to get. You know which one she's talking about. The one she never wears on her pants ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know which belt she's talking about. It's, you know? It's leather. The brown leather drawn. That's about like an inch and a half, two inches thick. Like a good whip should be. Yeah, you know? Nice folding length. It's got to be folded. My dad tells me stories of his mother telling him to go outside and get me a switch. Do oh, that's even sw- worse. Yeah, I know what that is. I never, you know, luckily I never got, uh, I never got the switch. But I got some random shit. Like there used, to, you know how like the, I think the uh, switch is pretty country. The, yeah, that's that's some that's some country. <laughs> my dad was shit. living in Fresno and they were on a grapevine. Yeah, there was a there was a yeah. switch somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, the switch wasn't going down. <laughs> so there's levels that I'll accept. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, like, I don't know. I just never did. Maybe I never did anything that bad. I feel like it could have got there if I did something really bad. Like one time, okay, one time I got caught playing with matches. I was probably like in kindergarten. I remember like when my mom found out, she told me that I wasn't even going to school that day. Uh, So I'm thinking I got a day off from school. I'm like chilling. I'm like, word, you know what I mean? She like told me that she found out that I was playing with matches and like she found a bunch of the, like, you know, the matchbooks that I had. Mm -hmm. So like pretty much... The beating I got that day from my mom, I still, to this day, I don't like to use matches. <laughs> Going to be 28 years old in two weeks. You know what I mean? And, like, think about that, you know? I still look at matches, I'm like, oh, shit. The mind is a fragile thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> wow. But see, like, that sounds terrible. Like, that sounds, like, my mom's a great woman. She's, like, super loving. Like, we yeah. always had a lot of love in my in my household you know what i mean like she always took great care of us like i would never like 
change her for like anyone. But like that just goes to show you, like, I feel like the reason why um, people go around life doing like bad shady shit is because like when they were younger and they did bad shady shit, there weren't any consequences. You ah, know so I mean? this is my, so you believe in cor- uh, 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 corporal punishment, capital punishment? No, I think it's corporal when you get the beating. I don't know. Right. Which, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but no, so you believe that it's some kids, like there should be like an unwritten rule in parenting? Hey, the reason, I solely believe that the reason I'm not like a murderer or like a bank robber or like a you, drug dealer or like some crazy like criminal, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Is because I understand the fact that when you do bad things that mess stuff up for other people, there's like serious consequences, you know? So like, you know, playing with matches, whether it's playing with matches or like shooting someone, like, you know, I know in one way or another, I'm about to get that ass beat. You know what I mean? I don't you know that. what pain feels like. Yeah. You know? So. Um. Plus like, I look at some kids nowadays and they're doing stuff that like, <laughs> I was never doing. Right. You know, and I was not like the best kid. Right in high school, you right. Know what I mean? <laughs> Neither was I. I did, I got to do senior year twice. Like I, I, I did bad stuff. I, I was so bad. Um, I don't know why my parents didn't just kill me. I, <laughs> you know, I sometimes I think of that. I think of that. I'm like, I can't believe I made it out of like the South alive. Like, what was I thinking half the time? Like, oof. Like I was. Ev- Anyways, I was bad kid. You're and I got my ass whooped. I stayed out one night. I took the car. Took the cell phone. I. Passed out at my friend's house. We got drunk as shit. I woke up at 4 a.m. with 22 missed calls on my mom's cell phone. I run outside, run home. I quietly step back into the house. I sit on the couch. I lay down. And the moment I close my eyes, all I feel is my mom just fucking wailing on me like, where the fuck were you? Just pow, pow, pow. And then she just like stops and she stares at me. She goes, fuck you. And then walks into the room. That's crazy. Like, that's how you know, like, the early 2000s when you took the cell phone of the house. Like, <laughs> there was one Nokia brick cell phone per household. Right. You know? We're at a level, people. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got status. <laughs> it was a brick. It was in a leather, black leather case. That's just funny. I That stood out to me. I took the cell phone. Like, how you even said it. Like, that's where we're at, you know? Yeah. That's where we were. Actually, yeah, that's where say. we were. Like where you had the no. one cell phone per house. Everybody like. has their own microchip now. I mean, cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you feel about that? Because my friend actually showed me uh, Google Maps will can show you and track you from your phone where you've been and how long. Is that we're cool but, with that? I mean, no. Like, you know, mind your damn but business. But also Google. good alibi, no? <laughs> I mean, hey, if that's how you're doing it, you could I guess you could just let some bum hold on to your phone for a little while <laughs> while you right. go do some shady shit. This is why Landon's not a lawyer. <laughs> I know you're ex- an accessory you know, yeah. to anything I do. Rad. Yeah, that's cool. I am assisting in the process of building footage for a possible skateboard documentary that Stephen has um, given me the honor to help work on with him. Yeah, it's cooking. So what else? What else? What else? Um, skateboard documentary. What, do, what else are we trying to get out of this? Oh, so the documentary is basically a way to like debunk any negative stereotypes about skateboarding. Uh, we're trying to also like 
inform the general public of the ways that skateboarding can be like helpful, like quote unquote troubled youth. You know what I mean? Why are they troubled youth? Well, you know, there's some uh, like, all right, I'll give you an example. One of my friends, uh, he comes from, you know, pretty uh, not wealthy household. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting by and everything. But uh, the dude, he's like a good kid, you know, really smart. And he's like, he's involved with uh, like the schools, like ROTC and oh, everything. So too. he's like, he's a pretty good kid, you know, he's like good head on his shoulders, very respectful. And he likes to skate and he's actually like really good. If he wasn't skating, like spending all of his extra time outside of school skating, he is lives in an area where he would be like easily exposed to like, you know, living a uh, maybe a not so savory lifestyle. You know what I mean? And uh, you think he's pro- progressing positively through skateboarding? Yeah, like that. It sounds uh, weird, but like since that's occupying his time and not other like negative things, like because where he lives, there's like a gang there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's not much good stuff going on, right? You know, and so he's like, only time he's at home is when he goes to sleep and like do his homework and go to sleep, you know. So, but skateboarding has been a positive, yeah, uh, the, and like skateboarding, skateboarding for him, like you can see it, like how it's kind of built him like some confidence, and he knows like the value of work mm-hmm. and putting in actual real effort and what that can get you, consistency and being persistent with things, is, like, uh, and and this persistence and all of this is is kind of part of skateboarding. Yes, unless you're being more persistent to be consistent, like. You won't be a good skater. That's a bumper sticker. You know? What that teaches you when you're a skater, you you learn a lot of things that can parallel into life if you if you apply them properly. You know? Like, for example, I know that I need to have like my shoes get ripped when I skate, my boards get messed up when I skate, my wheels get messed up, all that stuff. So I know that like in advance, I need to have all these things prepared so I don't have to uh, ever go without like something breaks. I always have a backup. And that comes through preparation and knowing what things need to be prepared before you actually skate. Yeah. So in a way I have to like be more responsible. Like as a, as a really small example, like it'll teach a kid to be like more responsible. So now they know that they have to get their equipment taken care of. And, you know, now they know that, all right, I might have to start working to do this. Mm -hmm. So now, like, the kid goes and gets a job so that he can skate. I've seen it happen, like, a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need a new board. Well, my mom won't buy me a new board, so I got a job at Vons, you know? And now you're 17, you work at Vons, you know? And it's like, it all starts from little stuff like that, you know? And that's just not not the only way either, like... The whole uh, getting along with other people that are different from you, that's a huge thing with skating because so many different kinds of people skate that yeah. you have to be able to get along with everybody. And that's something that we learned very fast. That's something that surprised me. <laughs> Prejudice Landon. That's something that surprised me when I got to that skate park. How many different... You got... What's his name on the kneeboard? You got the young guy who thought I was the cop. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up liking me. Cool guy, you know? And the, but all these different people from all different places, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that like, was cool. All over the world, like... Because I had, I did have an idea of what I thought was going to be at that skate park. Is what my point was. Is like I had like just going to be a bunch of punk kids, and that's all it is. And it's I'm going to find needles everywhere. It's going to be drugs, and and no, it's like young guys, old guys. Just like you said, my friend Jesse, he's like paralyzed in one of his legs, 
but he still skates. Like he rides around on his knees and everything, and he like does tricks and everything. It's it's ridiculous. It's so awesome. <sighs> and you know, you just get to see everyone like come together, have a good time, like laugh and joke around, like high fives all over everywhere you look. Because it's hard to stick you know? those fucking moves. I bet. So yeah, it is, but. Just like I said, consistency and, you know, you just practice every day. There's another one. It teaches you how, you know, practice makes perfect. That sounds so stupid. Like you tell all your little kids that. But skateboarding is one of the only things that I've seen where exactly what you put into it is exactly what you get out. You know, there's no like ancillary bullshit that comes along. If you practice every day, your shit's going to look good. You know what I mean? Like. How long does it take to actually... I've asked you this before, but I want to get it on the record. How long does it take to like do an ollie or learn how to do a kickflip or something? How long does it get to those... So it takes... There's so many different styles of skateboarding nowadays that um, that's kind of like an unfair question to ask like, like a lot of people. So for example, when I learned how to skate, I learned how to, an ollie, how to do an ollie my first day, like right away. Someone showed me how to do it and I learned how to ollie right away. But it took me almost a year to learn how to do a kickflip, which is like the next thing, you know? Like I could always be able to like form it and it would like flip and everything, but I could never like stick it. It took me a year to learn how to kickflip, you know? And you're so, building this muscle memory or something? Or? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, because skating uses things that you wouldn't use lifting weights or like running or swimming or anything like that, you know? Um, so it took me like a long time. And then other tricks I've learned like pretty quick. You know, and it's like it's all a variation of like what I'm trying to do, and like so there's there's different uh, there's different times that it would take, but for me like the ollie took me a first day. Yeah, you know. Cool. But, I'm thinking I'm thinking about getting that board, that cruiser. That's been yeah. Sick. You should get a cruiser. Nice. It'll be fun. Like, and it's just a good time. Like you know, just riding around, just yeah, just chilling. It's like a good way to. And I yeah. want to be able to like shoot and be on the, like a cruiser and just kind of like hold like a stick. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that'd be really fun. I wanted, I would like to shoot moving shots like that. People use wheelchairs to get dolly shots really beautifully. Why can't I use a skateboard? I remember when, uh, you know, Toft, he had the uh, Silver Lake Detective. Mm -hmm. um, there was one time where I was doing camera op and I suggested to use the skateboard. We ended up not using the shot because it was kind of blurry, I guess, but. Um, yeah, you know, it was gonna. It actually looked cool. If it wasn't blurry, it would have looked kind of cool. But you know, it was it a moving shot. Yeah, it was uh, like a, it was like a. Uh, those are tough, dude. Like even like even in play when they were did the circle and we and they and Edgar was trying. There are some shots that like I, um, you know, out of focus, out of focus. But it's a tough move. Like yeah. you're in a, you, and that was all set up to be, you know, should be a simple thing. Nah, it's not. It's not. It never. It's never simple. But uh, again, that's another thing that the more your time you put in, like, oof, getting camera op credits, if that's your thing. You know what I mean? But for me, it's not. I'm not really camera op right now. I'm more of like writing stuff right now. You're writing stuff and building the story or the, the, the film with you has kind of been another cool project. Thank yeah. you for having me on it. Yeah, that's cool, man. You've been helping out. Like, you got a lot of stuff, uh, especially like you're the one helping with the gear and everything. So that's like a huge deal. And... Uh, so I think I'm just really excited about it. It'll be a great way to get the general public um, excited about skating. And it'll be a good way to kind of invite more people to get involved with it because... Um, you feel it's kind of closed off? Well, I feel like one of the things that I... If I could change skateboarding, 
I think one of the things that I would change is like there is like a like a brotherhood once you are a skater, you know what I mean? But um it's not like it's not a very inviting thing. You know what I mean? Like you might see it and think it looks cool and want to get involved, but like there's times where even like I'll go to like a skate park or whatever and it'll be kind of weird because you don't know anyone there or you've never skated any of the stuff before and it might be like a weird vibe. And, you know, that happens to me. <laughs> Sounds like open mics. You know, <laughs> that, might, that still happens to me. And I've been skating for since I was 12, like 16 years now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So you can only imagine like some kid, it's his first time skating ever. And he rolls up to the skate park and he sees all these people killing it, like landing everything, jumping off everything. Like it can be kind of intimidating. So like it's uh, especially like the younger kids, there's not a lot of people that take time to like you know, kind of let the younger people feel more welcome because you're, we're all, like, I even do it too. There's a lot of times I'm telling the kids, like, dude, get the fuck out of the way. Like, you know, don't stand there. Like, I'm skating right here. Because they you know haven't I mean? built up that memory of or that information yet. They and don't see, know. Yeah, and see, I have to catch myself because, like, like I said, like, just like you said, they don't know. Like, they, you know, and then I'd be like, hey, look, my bad, but, like, this is not a good spot for you to skate, like, you know, or, you know, this is not a spot for you to do that. Like, you know, go over here, do this. And they're cool. You know? And, like, a lot of times, like, I catch myself and, like, go and try to, like, make it right. But there's some times where I find myself being like, dude, get out of the fucking way, <laughs> you know? And if that was something that, if there was something that could change about skating, like, that's what, it would be that. Like, because some of these kids, like, you don't know where they're coming from, like, what type of release skateboarding can be for them, you know? So it would be, it would suck for someone to not be able to experience that. Because I was a dick that they got in my way, you know what I mean? Right. You don't want to ruin or sour what's yeah, you know, kind of got a tough image on it. Yeah. So that's that would just I would feel bad if I ever found out that that happened, you know, mm-hmm. like someone like quit skating because I was mean to him at the park when like I really kind of don't even really mean it. Oh, you know? but that's so nice. But I think that's like you can't blame one person for you know what i mean for yeah. you not doing something for the rest of your life that's ridiculous well you know you never know because like oh yeah the I matches be, yeah <laughs> i could be like yeah the matches dude <laughs> yeah the matches exactly but like so you know i could be there at the park like filming for something like you know and that's kind of stressful enough like just trying to get the tricks right and the camera right and everything so then added to it like some kid on like a scooter or like a some first time skater and then now I kind of like now I'm my like uh emotions are kind of heightened because I'm trying to land this trick but you're like adding another variable to me not landing this shit so and you know, at the same time it's public and everybody should be able to use everything yeah, yeah. you know so it's like a it's like a big like mixture of, of feelings there so I would just hate for me to like get all mad and try to be all local and just be like yo this is like just move. I'm skating here. I'm the local. Like, yeah, right. You right. Know what I'm saying like, I, you know, but it happens. And I, <laughs> it's a hierarchy. It is. Like, if you're at the skate park and you're not a local, you better be ready to do a lot of waiting. You know, like a lot of waiting. Like, there's gonna be people flying all around, and they're not gonna pay you any attention. You know, and. Yeah, because it's a bit of a ballet out there. I mean, seeing the the better skaters watching each other in their peripheral, but not really, they're focused on what they're doing, but they're so much better than the other guys who are kind of like 
crisscrossing rather than following the line of traffic in a yes. sense there's more of a, a dance to it to yes. keep it safer i don't know I, this is just my first time seeing a skate park like that like and, there there's definitely like a, a way of traffic and a right of way mm-hmm. at the skate park you know like so someone someone that's like it's their first time at a park they might not know that stuff and they'll end up getting in people's way or like you'll have to wait a lot because you don't know where to, where's the good spot to drop in you know so, uh, but once you're the local, you kind of like, the rules kind of don't apply to you anymore, which is kind of cool. Cause like, so I can kind of just skate whatever and like, you know, Hey, it's cred. You know what like I mean? Like, but that's because like, just like you said, that's because people know the things that I skate mm-hmm. and I know the things that other people skate. So I know when to stay out of right. someone's way. I know when to just like go around or like, I, I have enough awareness of the park and what people do there. Um, but that, that validates that. it when it's used for safety. Like you get a, you know what I mean? Like really, you're absolutely correct on that. I think, yeah, yeah because you go to your front yard first and like skate around there, you know, first before. Or like you, if you're gonna go to the park and you're not really like familiar with it, go at a time when there's not a lot of people. Like so, what are those times? Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning when everyone's hungover. Sunday morning's good too. Because <laughs> everybody's at church. Yeah, you know? So, and then, like, if you're older, um, the mornings during the week are good because, you know, the kids are in school and stuff. But prime time, where if you're not experienced, prime time is right after school till about, like, 9 o'clock every day. And then, like, on Saturday and Sunday, we're talking, like, noon till 9 o'clock. Like, nice. That's, like, prime time. So if you're not, like, you know... If you don't know what you're doing, don't come. <laughs> On those Stay times. Stay your ass at home. <laughs> so, but, yeah, but that's good. Like, like, yeah. But it's cool. Like, the and park's it, really cool because, like, different times of the day, you can bump into a different crowd and it's like everyone's cool. It's, it's fun. Um, rad. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, anything else? Anything fun coming up? Your birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to be 28 soon. <laughs> I can't wait. It's like, it's cool because my birthday is April 28th and I'll be 28. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> rad. And then 420 is next week. It's going to be hype. Wow. This is a good month. Yeah. That's Solid. a great, like, two weeks, like the best two weeks of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Advancement. I was sought out recently, without my knowledge, to perform at a show in Silver Lake. Hey, somebody wants to see me. Um, I was eventually contacted, and I did accept the gig, which is like a cool, strong, and inspiring indicator that what I'm doing as a performer is not a fool's errand. Because I have to use these little out-of-the-blue situations as sort of like an indicator because there is no like annual review or checklist or parameters that can tell me what my weaknesses are or where I could build my strengths. Uh, I'm in charge of my own career advancement. And to prove it to myself, um, I've gone ahead and began to set a string of projects into motion. Over the course of the next six months, I plan to produce another short film for Rock Bottom Artists. Uh, I'm also, it's going to be a comedy. Uh, It's the thematic statement, uh, the thematic question, not the statement. The thematic question is, do we as humans have uh, souls? It's going to be a comedy, so yeah. I was lucky enough to get James Monaghan to help me out, so how cool is that? What, what? If you don't know who James Monaghan is, he was the last two episodes of this actual podcast. 
I'm also finalizing my first 30-minute stand-up special. Oh, my God. This has been, like, the most hair-pulling bullshit because you're really putting yourself out there when you're like, I think I could be funny for 30 straight minutes without being too annoying. And uh, good luck to me. And I'm going to schedule a taping later this year. I don't know. There's not going to be, like, a lot of seats because it's going to be a very small, intimate show because I don't got that kind of money to put, like, uh, myself up at, like, the Largo. And it's, it's, that's, that's, like, that's a whole other thing, too. Like, your first 30-minute special is supposed to be, like, in your backyard. Like, literally. Because if it's really bad, then you can just, like, throw it away. Um, no, I'm kidding. Don't throw away anything. You'll love it when you're older. I'll give you more details and and. and and stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, the big thing is once I get that 30-minute special done, I'm going to start preparing for a tour, hopefully end of August, beginning of September, outside of California, and then probably ending in, like, the California coast area. So, yeah. Advancement in my career. It's happening. Happy 420, 2016. This is happening. Uh, <laughs> I am doing a podcast centered around marijuana use <laughs> I, I like it I, I think it's fun it's a cool outlet I love doing this for you guys and I love doing it for me because it's like this huge creative uh, exercise in how to do sound and how to you know listen to myself and you know um, get to know more of the artists that are in my neighborhood so I'm not ending this podcast i'm gonna go ahead and i'm i'm aiming for at least 25 episodes before the end of the year that's another project i'm doing and uh, i just want to continue to thank you guys all for listening all right see you soon I'd like to thank my guest today, Stephen Kennedy, and the listeners for listening again. I'd also like to stay, say thank you to my improv team, Stay Hydrated. They fucking rocked it at the Moving Arts Theater on Hyperion and Silver Lake. Um, and then my show date's coming up at 4 p.m. on April 26th at the UCB Franklin. I'll be at my 401 show. 8 p.m. on April 27th at Kota Sushi on Sunset in Los Angeles. I have a show that night. And then uh, there's a really big gay show I'm doing. Uh, I think it's lesbians. Uh, 9 p.m. on May 21st at the Roar Room in Crescenta Highlands. Um, yeah. Come out and say hi to me. Music by The Losers. Gotta keep moving. You can find them and more at freemusicarchive.org. Tycho, Away, Too Many Zoos, To The Top, and TTB, Slurred Words, Hot Sat. All these songs and more can be found at bandcamp.com. This has been a production of rockbottomartist.com. <laughs>